Welcome to Check-Ins with Jess. We're able to check in with yourself as we talk about the hard stuff, validate your feelings, and make sure you are seen and heard. I'm your host, Jessica Adjman. Thank you so, so much for being here. I'm so pumped for today's episode. I've given it a lot of hype because it's something I love to talk about. It's a little bit of a controversial topic, which is kind of fun. As the months have progressed and coming out this podcast, I have kind of found my voice in topics such as this and I'm kind of not afraid to talk about it and speak my mind even if it's not what everyone else thinks but I feel like it's not the popular opinion but I think a lot of people are thinking it it's just not the opinion that's in your face maybe all the time or the one that you see the most but yeah today's topic is going to be about body image and I named the episode body resilience because I feel like You know, it goes beyond body positivity, body love, and even body acceptance. And yeah, I'm just 100% different than where I was a year ago and a year and a half ago with body image and everything, and I would just love to share my story and my insights. Hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll be one step closer to having that body resilience and can move forward in your life and release that burden a little bit. I wish it was a magic button. Unfortunately, it isn't. But again, I really hope you leave this episode feeling a little bit better than you did before and have some tools and steps to move you forward in this new journey with you and your body. But first, let's do our check-in. How are you really doing, friend? What's taking up most of your headspace right now? How often did you allow yourself to be alone with your thoughts? Do you feel fulfilled or tired from anything? Is there anything you need to forgive yourself for? What made you feel powerful and lit up? I hope as you're able to reflect on this last week since we've done our last check-in that you were able to evaluate how you have felt the last week and how you feel now in this very moment and can go from there as you have answered these questions. The affirmation I chose is, my story is still being written, which I really like that a lot, especially with the story on Instagram I shared about me not agreeing with or liking the viral video that's been going around. Um, The real audio of, you only have four years, and after that, it's gone. I'm glad and grateful the people that DM'd me back and said that they resonated with it because I'm just so tired of hearing that. And the person's video that I shared is spawn. I will link it in the show notes because it's that good. The caption is amazing and it really just resonates with that. Because as a mom, it can feel, you just feel so guilty and anxious that there isn't enough time, you know. And yes, time is short and life is short. But knowing that you can start again the next day and the fact of that affirmation, my story still being written, I love that. The band AGR, which I like a lot, they have a song called Turning Out, and a super simple lyric that they have in it just says, you say I turned out fine, I think I'm still turning out, which that may mean nothing to you, but I just resonate every time I heard that song. I love it so much, because yeah, as we get grow older, you know, and as young adults especially, people might say, oh, you know, she turned out great, or she grew up, and all this, it's like, I'm still growing up, I'm still 
you know, figuring things out and you say I turned out fine, but I'm still turning out like my story is not done being written. So I really liked that a lot. So let's get into the nitty gritty of body image. My journey with body image has gone through a lot, a lot of roller coasters. I've shared a little bit here and there on through reels and a few other episodes back. If you listen to episode two on ditch the diets, I briefly talked a little bit about that. Yeah, basically up until the last year or so, I hated my body. So, you know, 25 years of just thinking that was a very normal thing to hate my body. You know, and when you're stopped at a stoplight to feel different parts of your body you didn't like and kind of mess with them. And as you're walking or hanging out with friends, adjusting clothing and things like that, as you're passing by a mirror, just kind of giving a, or just really taking a second look and standing there for minutes, several minutes and looking at things. You know, I just thought those things were normal. Getting discouraged when I would go out shopping, things like that. Yeah, things didn't change until I had this make or break it moment. Six months after having my baby, I just stopped breastfeeding. And that same day, I texted my dad, hey, I'm going to go on the family hike. Every year, my dad and my sisters go on this hike for a few days. And I had not gone in six years since I graduated high school. Maybe it was more out of spite or that people thought I couldn't do it. Me being like, okay, yeah, I totally can. One month, four weeks, yeah, let's do it. So every single day, 30 days, I walked two miles in the morning. And I definitely was nowhere near where I needed to be on the hike. I did pretty good, but it was a 28-mile hike in three days. And I don't know, I just had this kind of awakening in that moment. And it was kind of make it or break it moment with my body. And it became a triumphant moment. And obviously changed everything from that of me being so grateful and respecting my body and being so proud that I could that I did it and my body can do amazing things and I don't know it's just a whole different perspective after that and then I read the book More Than a Body by Lexi and Lindsay Kite and it is seriously so amazing it's like my bible it really is that good I've listened to the whole thing on audible I have read it the whole thing through the actual hardcover book in my house and it seriously is amazing and it will change your life which I'll be going through lots of my favorite parts in a second, but this whole topic kind of started when I got a message about something I shared on my story. And this person said, body acceptance is awesome, but I feel like it also validates people to be unhealthy. And I'm not one to like blast people and I'll never say this person's name or anything, but it opened up a conversation and I answered this person back with some points about how I felt about that. Definitely not calling them out as very calm and in a normal way I thought we were gonna have a very educated conversation and they never answered back simply just liked my message and moved on with their day and kind of made me sad we couldn't go back and forth and kind of oh I see your point yes I get it you know that's how we get educated and we're willing to have these conversations so I feel like a lot of people with that comment it might spark a lot of fire but I would like to go through it but yeah the the thing of it saying Body acceptance is great, but it also validates people to be unhealthy, which you can dissect that a lot. But basically, to me, that is saying this person is bothered by bigger people shared on social media, maybe strutting around in lingerie and swimsuits saying, who cares? I love my body, whatever. I'm going to eat the fries. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's kind of a very vague statement. And that's probably why it bothered me so much. 
I mean, maybe this person didn't mean that by that at all, you know? Because, yes, balance should always be the goal to be spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically healthy, you know, quote-unquote. But again, I just hate that term of healthy because what is health, you know? Health looks different for everyone. All shapes, all different sizes. The number on a scale does not mean anything. Yeah, I feel like there's a difference of glorifying versus representation with bigger people on the internet and magazines and TV, media, whatever you're seeing that might have offended this person or that it bothers them. You know, it could say, well, that's validating their unhealthy habits, you know, but it, you can look at it also by, no, that's validating them as a human and seeing them more for their body. And all it is is representation. I don't want to get into race at all because I do not know of that, being a white privileged woman. But I love seeing the inclusion in brands and other types of media where someone that might be disabled physically or mentally is represented. People of different races and ethnicities, bigger people and smaller people, all different shapes and sizes. It just becomes a point of representing all people. There has always been big people, you know, people getting mad of, oh, well, because it wasn't ever shown. It wasn't, they weren't ever represented, which they should have been. But yeah, it just gives me hope, you know, seeing things like the new Victoria's Secret, having the new CEO. It blows my mind of the Victoria's Secret I grew up with 10, 15 years ago. I thought I was fat all growing up, all throughout high school. And looking back, I was not at all. And it's sad how much time and energy and lots of space that I wasted in those moments. But, you know, it's never too late, and I'm glad that I'm not there at that spot anymore. But, yeah, it does give me hope, you know. I think a lot of things changed for me. I'm remembering, you know, Ashley Graham was one of the first plus-size models, you know. In 2016, she kind of came out and got famous and a very normal body. It just made me so happy. And, yeah, seeing brands like Aerie and things like that were just normal bodies and bigger bodies than you're used to seeing in media were shown, and it just made me so happy. I guess I've just heard that a lot. You know, it bothers them to see the Lizzo's and people on social media just strutting their body around, and I don't know. I just, we can agree to disagree, I guess. I do not agree with that at all. But, yeah, I can't, I can't speak for people, and I think that's their journey and how are they ever going to get through life as a human if everywhere they go, they are bombarded with hateful, hateful comments and just disgust from the world. I just think it's, we just care too much sometimes. Like, move on. Yep, it's a body. With more representation, I feel like that does help a lot. Where all you see is them as a human. You do not see them for anything else. You're not going to categorize them or I don't know, it just makes me sad that these people aren't treated the same with, you know, media and celebrities and stuff. But no, but also like getting a job and things like that where you just don't think about where this body image is just, it affects them so much. So yeah, I get it. I, I'm grateful this person reached out and to talk about this topic. I know we all don't have to agree, you know, type of thing. But yes, for me, I had to love myself in my bigger body. I had to love myself in that moment there, in that body of body acceptance flat out before I ever thought of taking care of myself. Why would I ever take care of myself, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it encompassing? Why would I do that if I hated my body and had negative self-talk and pretty much just hated myself? It kind of is all-encompassing, you know? So it just, it just starts with that. Before I get off on a tangent, I would love to dive into this book because it is amazing. And I'm going to 
read a decent amount that I'm going to talk in between, but it is just so, so good. I want to hit my favorite points of this book. This book is 300 pages, but it's so, so worth it, filled with so much goodness. These twins have spent a decade, decades studying this. They have doctorate degrees on this exact topic, and they're amazing. I love them so much. They run a nonprofit organization called Redefining Beauty, and it is amazing. You should go follow them. I'll link them also. But yeah, the first chapter is Rising with Body Image Resilience, where that is where I got this term from. And yeah, I'm going to just start out. Page one is already super good, so I'm going to start reading a little bit. You are more than a body, and you knew that once. It takes some serious work to remember, understand, and experience this truth that you are more. More than beautiful, more than the parts in need of fixing, more than an object to be looked at and evaluated. Can you remember when you knew you were more? When you lived free of that nagging concern for how you appeared? When how you looked had no influence on whether or not you joined in the game with friends or talked to someone or ran down the sidewalk? You might have to think back to some of your earliest memories, but take a few moments to remember a specific experience from your childhood when you were free from self-consciousness about how you looked or how others perceived you. If you can't come up with a memory, can you envision a photo or video of yourself of when you know you weren't fixated on your looks? Where were you? What were you doing? How did you feel? Isn't that so, so good? Take their advice in this moment right now and vision what they're asking about. A time in your childhood where you were not aware of your body at all and it being a burden or something that you disliked at all. Okay, if you can't physically remember how that felt just try to imagine the photo or video that you have seen and you remember they then in the book go into this imagery really great imagery of the more than a body beach i would like to read through the imagery because it's so so good as little children we all lived on the sandy shore we'll refer to as more than a body beach imagine yourself there as a child you love the beach and you spend your days having fun playing in the sand watching the waves all while unsure and unburdened by how you appear to others. You have no anxiety about wearing a swimsuit or a big t-shirt and hat while slathered with thick sunscreen. No concern about how your stomach looks like as you hunch over a sandcastle, whether you have tan lines or are sweaty, hairy, exposed, not exposed enough, and on and on. From the shore, you can see the sea extends past the horizon. It looks inviting. Lots of people are splashing and paddling in the water, encouraging you to wade in. We all entered these waters at different times. How did you first wade into the sea of objectification? This objectification that they're talking about, they define it as just being an object to be looked at. And their whole motto is your body is an instrument, not an ornament. It is an instrument to do and to move and to become and not just an ornament to be looked at. And with self-objectification, we are just inviting that thinking of us being objects and comparing ourselves to others and things like that. So they continue about this first wave in the sea of objectification. They say, was it hearing your mom or sister talk about her own body in disparaging ways and realizing you must need to look at your own body in the same way? Was it watching a TV show that featured ideally beautiful female characters who didn't look like you or anyone you knew in real life? Was it the shock of hearing a man on the street yelling something at you or watching someone's eyes scan your body? Was it noticing which girls in your class got the most attention? 
When you experience being objectified by others or become aware of the unavoidable objectification of bodies in our media, culture, and personal interactions, you learn to view yourself that way and your identity becomes divided. The whole embodied human on the beach and the self-objectifying image-focused part of yourself trying to stay afloat in the water. You leave behind your embodied whole complete self on the shore as you wade, dive in, or get pulled into that water. As your clothes, skin, and hair get drenched, you are pulled into a new way of navigating and understanding the world and your place in it. Once you're in the water, you quickly start to become acclimated to it. After a while, it doesn't even shock you or take your breath away anymore. It might even start to feel more comfortable than the air and land outside. You drift farther and farther away from more than a body beach. We all grow up and grow older in various depths of this water. More often than not, surrounded by others we know and love who entered the water before and after us. We all adapt to it. We forget about our carefree inner child who lives and hopes and imaginations weren't distracted or limited by envisioning how they looked. We learn to cope with the demands of our new environment. Oof, that was a lot. I hope you're okay with me reading that much. I really wanted to read that much in that part, especially because of the imagery. It is so, so good. Especially just how this parallel, they paint a picture of, you know, the beach and the sea and type of thing. And you, you know, the water and dipping your toe in and not feeling the shock anymore. It's pretty crazy. Think of that moment where you were still on more than a body beach and you hadn't waded into that water yet away from it. For me, the first memory I have of realizing my body wasn't good enough was being called fat as a nine-year-old. You know, barely just starting into that chunky stage you hit, you know, right before puberty. Little cute chubby stage that a lot of us hit, most of us hit. And yeah, just being taunted and called out by boys in my class in fourth grade. You know, just being called fat and ugly and I have very dark hair. They would call me monkey arms, Sasquatch legs which led me to being able to be approved to shave my legs two years earlier than my parents had made the rule for because I got teased so much. So yeah, that sucked. Before that, I had no idea my body was not a concern at all. It's just crazy how how fast that light just switches. And I bet, I bet you can recall a similar memory. I'm so, so sorry and so sad for you if it was before that age. But I feel like that's about the age that it happens for a lot of people. And if it was after that, oh my goodness, I'm so, so glad for you. If it didn't happen until like middle school, high school, wow, I would be super shocked. Yeah, it's just hard because you, it's like your eyes are opened. You can't go back to that time period before. So of course, of course it took that long. You have to relearn everything, everything that you believed and that you thought about yourself and these things that you've ingrained deep inside you. You have to change it all. You have to wipe the slate clean and put in the hard work. This rising resilience, this is the goal. If you haven't had this yet, I so, so hope you do because this life-altering shift and change in your life is literally the best when you make it for good. In the book, they say, Difficult feelings and experiences about your body caused by objectification can work for you instead of against you. The waves and currents can work as opportunities to not only see more in yourself and your environment, but also be more. By pushing back on your normalized discomfort and dehumanization, and working to change the dangerous conditions that surround you. One of the twins, one of the authors, talks about this moment for them was 
they both were swimmers and one of them hadn't swam since they were 15 so it had been six years and finally this moment came for them and they decided to go to this event where they were going to have to be in a bathing suit and swim which they usually always turn down and refuse to go but she went this time and it ended up being this amazing experience and this was the turning point for her after going through all this deep inner work throughout this experience she writes how it felt she said I am still a swimmer. I love swimming. My body was never the problem. My perception of my body was the problem. My choice to confront a familiar disruption that day in 2007 truly changed my life. Every time I feel tempted to hide or fix, that lesson reminds me that I can just be and do instead. I don't watch myself live. I live. I rise with body image resilience. Choosing the path to resilience after a disruption requires intention to confront shame rather than, than simply adapt to it and let it be your new normal. I didn't start on the path toward body resilience because I made one choice to confront my shame. I found it by facing a wave of disruption prompted by an invitation to go swimming and allowing it to work as an opportunity to see more and be more than a body by leaving behind any uncomfortable comfort zone. To this day, I have never missed out on an opportunity to swim, regardless of the circumstances who might see me. I've made a new, happier choice again and again, and has brought me so much joy to my life and helped me experience my body as my own. So yes, it's so, so awesome and good to hear about that experience, and I hope that you guys get this moment in your life, and this book definitely supplies you and equips you with the tools to get closer to that and be ready for that body image resilient moment but preparing and doing the steps first is great I think it'll prepare you even more to where slowly and slowly you can chip away at that mindset that you had before about your body and transform it into what it was before before you thought of your body that way of it being a burden and something that wasn't good enough the book goes into really good things after that talking about media which I've talked about before, you know, filters and selfies, especially. It's super hard. That's all you see. And, you know, sometimes we go on our usual scroll on Instagram to connect with people, to get away, to, and you're bored, you know, and that's all you see. And you weren't even planning on, you know, evaluating your life and trying to compare it to other people and seeing nothing but filters. These filters are so insane to me. I'm so for the no filter face. But yeah, they go into it really good and just looking at it in the way of you being a consumer and to question everything, you know, and filtering your feed, you know, removing it and filtering things that are not going to serve you and have you in a good mindset. And just they go into that your beauty is not your life's work. You know, you don't have to be beautiful. You can be more than beauty, which kind of sounds weird, like duh, but I don't know. We're kind of just taught that even from a young, young age. You know, even with my two-year-old, oh, you're so pretty. Okay, leave your hair in if you want to be pretty. Leave your hair in. You know, like, she takes her hair out. She refuses to wear anything in her hair since she was born. Bows she never even kept in her hair. But I don't know. Beauty is just something we always comment on. I think we strive for. Yeah, they really go into kind of just a different mindset, which is cool. But yeah, I kind of wanted to go into these tools that they talk about, specifically with the body image resilience. So first, they talk about practicing four steps of self-reflection. You know, number one, they say check in with yourself. When you experience something painful or triggering or uncomfortable that relates to your body and body image, ask yourself following questions on an emotional level, what am I feeling right now? 
Am I angry, sad, motivated, physically? How do I feel? Am I tense, nauseous? Is my heart rate elevated? Just evaluating how you're reacting and responding. Number two, they say, name the wave to ask yourself, what is the specific instance or situation that caused me to experience this wave of disruption to my body image? You know, what caused me to feel this way? Who said it? Who or what triggered it? How was I feeling before this wave hit me? You know, just asking all these questions, these steps of self-reflection when moments that you're being now aware of with your body image come and what to do with it and how to construct it for good so you can eventually make these changes in your life. Number three is rethink your reaction. When you have felt the similar pain or shame in the past, how did you react? What were your go-to coping mechanisms for dealing with body image blows? Did my response serve me or hurt me? What will I do differently this time? And number four is chart your course. You know, if you feel like your responses to the past waves of disruption served you, take note of how you responded and why it worked so well, and use that as motivation to deal with the pain now in a more powerful way. If you felt like your response caused you to sink or flounder or didn't help you change in positive ways, think about how you might respond differently. You know, I think that self-reflection is very critical. That's kind of like why we do check-ins, you know. You know, just checking in with yourself how you do feel about your body image and you're not going to be able to change it if you don't know what started it. And yeah, after that, they say not all of your burdens can or should be carried alone. The industries built around body shame rely on all of us feeling abnormal, as if normal is what we're really comparing ourselves to. They make us feel embarrassed about not living up to the ideals so much that we keep it inside and pretend to be confident and happy even when we're drowning. So many of us feel compelled to suffer alone out of shame, but our silence holds shame in power. When dark feelings arise from self-comparison or even from self-reflection, you can use them as an opportunity to open up to trusted people. Online, in real life, through a call or letter or a text or even an anonymous discussion forum signal to others that you could use some help or solidarity whether it is to a family member romantic partner good friend or trusted individual opening up about our darkest thoughts and experiences can help take the sting out of them if the hurt and pressure are being caused by someone close to us being honest about our body image struggles can open the door to change and give them opportunity to acknowledge the burden or even help us carry it And this can be super hard, especially where it's saying if that person has caused some of that body image hurt or pressure, I don't think it's a burden that we need to bear alone. And sometimes it is very lonely. But so many people feel the way you do, you know. There's so much power in me too, you know. I feel like that also. And this thing with body resilience and body acceptance, all the things combined, doesn't mean you have to love your body immediately. Light switch, you know, wouldn't that be nice? And every day is not going to look the same. You know, this journey isn't linear, but you taking the step and making a conscious effort of having better positive body image is huge. And having other women that feel the same way and that are working on the same things and even cheering you on, that is critical. That could be amazing. Imagine how the world would be if we all did that. Another step they say into body resilience in this book is to write your younger self a letter. I made a reel that was viral at the time to if you would talk, if you could talk to your 16-year-old self. And it was, it was fun making it, but it was very emotional too. The tears that I cried in it were very real. And it just made me realize 
even though I was dressed up and pretending to be 16, it made me just look back and think how I felt in that at that age and stuff. And even wearing the clothes that I was wearing in that video, it was just made me really think about it. And just, you know, wanting to go hug that little girl and tell her that there's more to life and to just live it and not worry so much about comparing yourself and belittling yourself. You know, that's what I just want to tell her. And so writing this letter is a really good idea. They say, try it for yourself. Don't make it polished or rehearsed or perfect. Just free write what comes to your mind and heart. Go through the details of your first degree experiences in the waters of objectification and how they made you feel. How did those first experiences shape you, the way you felt about and treated your body in the following years? How did you adapt and respond to your new awareness of others' judgment or the pressures of being consumed as an object? What do you want your little girl to know about herself and the coming waves of disruption in her life? What would you tell her about her worth, her power, her spirit, and her body? Speak it, write it, reread it, and believe it. That little, perfect, lovable person you're imagining is still you. The same you. Older, bigger, wiser, yes, but absolutely you. And you're exactly as worthy of love now as you were then. So yeah, this is the goal. With all these skills and tools that this book goes over, self-reflection, self-compassion, reconnecting, and expanding yourself beyond your physical body, it'll just help you know yourself better. And when you know yourself better, you can become better and reuniting yourself in a way to help reclaim your body as your very own and just being more you of who you really are and who you always were and that's what we want right that's the goal that is amazing to have I'm so glad I have that now and yeah every day is not perfect like I've said but I've come leaps and bounds it literally feels like a burden is lifted off my shoulders and it's still hard. I'm not saying it's easy, you know. The hard thing, too, with the last year and a half, I have lost weight. And I haven't weighed myself in over tears, which has been the best thing to throw the scale out and not be weighed even at doctor's appointments and being very adamant about that. But yeah, with taking care of my body and just being so grateful and respecting my body through intuitive eating, intuitive exercise... Just really listening to my body, I have lost weight, you know, kind of unintentionally. The first time where I've never known how much I have lost or had a specific goal in mind. The first time in all my life, so it's very different and it's hard, you know. It's nice to get compliments and when you're getting them all the time and for the first time when people haven't seen you in a while, it's hard to ignore them. But, you know, I do and people meet. They have the best intentions at heart, but... I just, I would love for them to not be a thing. I mean, why do we need to comment on people's weight? I would love if the world would just stop commenting on people's weight. First of all, you don't know why they lost it. This book talks about it. It says the problem with these compliments and conversations that seem so harmless on the surface is that they perpetuate the idea that we are most valued for our looks and are always being evaluated accordingly. Any comment about appearance functions as a little splash, a friendly, non-aggressive, well-intended splash in the ways of objectification that nevertheless instantly directs your attention back to the waters where you are defined by how you appear over anything else. It's harmless. They don't mean it, you know, especially older people, you know, grandmas bless their heart. That's just what they notice that no filter. They're just going to say it. And you know, some of these compliments are by your best friend. 
like, girl, your booty looks so good, girl, you're so hot, or your new lashes look so good, you know, all of these are great, you know, but they're still intended on our looks, it's great to feel pretty, it's great to put a bunch of makeup on, and great outfit, and go out, and feel amazing, and confident, it does boost your confidence, but to know that isn't everything, you know, and balancing it out, to complimenting people about how they make you feel, how you're grateful for them, qualities that you admire about them, not just always about their looks. A big thing too about commenting on people's weight is you don't know why they lost it. Depression, divorce, eating disorder, a medical condition that causes weight gain, you have no idea. And I also was asked to talk about this, that sometimes we just don't think about it. These medical conditions that cause you to gain weight are huge. PCOS. One in 10 women have PCOS, and that is a huge factor. You know, a lot of these women, these poor women are told by doctors, medical professionals, lose your weight and your PCOS, you know, will decrease or it's just so hard. I have a friend where doing IVF, the doctor wouldn't take her seriously in her mid-20s at the very beginning of trying to get pregnant and just saying that she was overweight. You need to lose weight and then, you know, maybe think about having babies, but just thinking of it different that no, because I have PCOS, it's very easy to gain weight and it's so, so hard, almost impossible to lose it. Other issues too, you might not think about thyroid issues, sleep disorders, insomnia, sleep apnea, depression, diabetes, and even certain medications. So in the book, they talk about what you can to say instead, which is great. It says, consider responding with something like, I know you mean that as a compliment, but I've been working on my body image, and that means I'm trying to find my value beyond my looks. I could really use a reminder that I'm worth more than how I appear. You could say, thanks. You just remind me that I'm actually setting a goal to validate people for more than their bodies. Do you want to try this out with me? It's hard at first, but so worth to help people see how amazing they are for more than their looks. It says you can also use this as an opportunity to see how they are doing because their comments generally reveal what they are fixated on or worried about in their own life. Responding by simply asking questions like, how are you feeling? What have you been up to or what can I do for you? Can take the focus off you and get somewhere deeper with your loved one. So yeah, some of those huge phrases maybe not be applicable in the moment, but even just changing the subject too of not really sticking not staying there too long you know with that compliment and let it lingering because I don't know how to fix it completely I think that's a good step a good suggestion but yeah it would just be nice if people stopped talking about it altogether. oh man I've talked about a lot of good stuff I know I've read a lot I hope you endured it okay I do want to finish with one last quote before I give some concluding thoughts The last page is so, so good. Just talking about that reunion with yourself as you venture back to more than a body beach, this imagery continuing. It says, Our body image is an inseparable part of us that makes us stronger and more whole, not just stressed and divided. The painful experiences and feelings you had at sea as you searched for fulfillment and belonging have made you more capable of discerning the difference between empowerment that hinges on others' reactions to your body and unwavering personal strength that grows from inside you. As you show up, engage, speak, create, innovate, move, lead, serve, love, and exist outside the confines of your fears of being looked at, you are reclaiming your power and your very existence. Together, we are creating a new, more 
habitable and joyful environment for others and everyone else. One where we have the freedom and security that come from not just believing that our bodies look good, but knowing that our bodies are good regardless of how they look. See you on the beach. I just love that so, so much. A great way to end on. And then it has some final questions on the last page. But the last one says, what do you know about your body and yourself that can help you choose the path to resilience again and again? So I just love that reflection after that amazing imagery of just imagining yourself reuniting with your little girl, even your younger you on that beach. But yeah, just knowing that there's so many other things to worry about and your body should not be one of them. It definitely should not be at the top of your list. And it's hard. It's hard to have a positive body image and a great relationship with yourself if it's always on your mind and you've been taught that it's been ingrained since you were nine years old. You know, that's hard. That's so hard to unlearn. But I promise you, putting in the work, like I said, it is a burden lifted off your shoulders. And it can take years. And that might sound discouraging and, ugh, why would it? I just don't. I'm going to stay here. I don't want to change. It's too hard to change. I don't want to put in the work. I'm good, whatever. You know, you brush off any internal things you might actually really be thinking and saying about yourself and body from time to time. But the world needs you. The world needs you to be who you were intended to be. Which you right now in this moment have, you have everything you need. And the whole saying that you're already as awesome as you need to be that Alison Faulkner preaches. It's true. Everything's already there. It might need to be wiped clean a little bit and rewritten. But you have everything you need in your life to be confident, happy, fulfilled, moving forward. And just knowing who you are. Because that relationship with yourself is huge. It's critical. I think it's the most important relationship. And I know it's hard to put all in all this work and hear about all these things and controversial topics. But that's how the world changes. You know, think about how the world has changed in the last 50 years, 10 years, 5 years, you know. You can't change things if you don't change your ways, change your thoughts, change your thinking. Little by little. It's worth it, I promise. Thank you for listening. I know that was a lot. It was a long, long episode. If you made it through, you're the real MVP. Seriously. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Even if they're controversial, let's have a conversation. I love to hear your side, your thoughts, so that you're seen and heard. I would love to hear about your struggles, deep things that if you've never told anyone or when doing all these steps and self-reflection and all these things and self-compassion and these letters that you write yourself, what things come up? And if you've been able to turn the corner and just the first step in the right direction, how it's been and how, what made you change and how you're doing in that journey. I would love to hear all of it. So reach out to me. Wanted to read a review. I appreciate every time you leave me one. It helps the podcast so much. It makes me so happy. I'm going to read the latest review it's by egie which just says jess is so relatable and i've loved every single podcast i look forward to them when i get in my car her describing the NICU experience is tough to hear because i know the pain she went through i couldn't imagine having my child there that long though just inspires me to be a better mother and a better advocate for my own mental health i am loving the meditation music at the end Thank you so much for that review. So, so sweet, especially talking about 
the NICU episode that you listened to that. It was a super hard episode to record. So anyone that's listened to that, thank you so much for just giving me the support and love for recording that. And yeah, it makes me excited that you guys are listening to this in your car. A little intimidating, but I'm excited and grateful to have this platform and to just have the voice and be able to talk about things I want and talk about the hard stuff that doesn't get talked about enough and just helping you guys put your mental health first because I didn't for so, so long and I never want to go back to the place where I didn't. Just know you're doing a great job. Keep going. I hope you do listen to the meditation at the end at a point where you can have quiet space and time. And if you can't keep your thoughts and your mind free, give yourself grace. Just practice. Practice stillness. Just lay on the ground, just lifeless, and just be still for five minutes. It's harder than it sounds. I'm just so, so grateful for you, friend. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Check-Ins with Jess.